0: The Wholeness Network. Awaken to the reality of wholeness. Jeff Olson is an international speaker and an award-winning author. He is known for his open and honest account of the tragic accident that took the lives of his wife and youngest son in 1997. His experiences on the other side and his courageous path to wholeness after the accident have been an inspiration to anyone that hears his story. His book, Knowing, is a memoir of love, healing, and forgiveness. The
1: first time I heard of Jeff, Olson he uh, one of my students I have Reiki students they told me about this book that they had read that it was just absolutely amazing and I had to read it and so I read the book and I'm not huge at reading books but I could not put it down I even had it in the car with me so that if I even stopped at a stoplight for 30 seconds I could read another paragraph (laughs) it was so riveting and um By the time I was done, I thought, I have to meet this man. I don't know where he lives. I just bought the book at Barnes & Noble and thought maybe he lives in New York, maybe L.A. Uh, You know, I'll just have to track him down because I want to hear this story in person. (laughs) And so I started researching online and come to find out he lived 10 miles away from me in (laughs) the neighboring city. And so... Um, I started going to some events we were having at that time so I could hear you hear more. And it was so powerful the first time because the story, the book itself is just unbelievable. Your experiences and all that you learned and all that you went through. But then to meet the man and to hear you speak and to feel your spirit. And I really feel the truth of all that you learned and brought back with you. Um, it was so moving just to be in the audience. So since that time, <laughs> I've I probably purchased 100 copies of your book and uh, given it to different people that are on a path of healing.
2: Right. You, you must and, be my biggest fan.
0: The first time <laughs> I had a session,
2: she, 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 she
0: was like, you need to read this book. That was my homework. And I that think that story fun. is approximately every woman that's read the books experience. Yeah. I got to know this guy. So many yeah. people. How do you know this guy? I got to meet him. I think we knew each other before, like (laughs) every. And I'm like, that was me, not you. That was me.
1: So we we met several years ago, probably seven.
2: It's probably been seven years at least.
1: Yeah. Good friends and business partners. But to me, Jeff, your story has so many layers. Describe a little bit that moment at the scene of the accident.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? And that's interesting because it's been 20 years,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but going back there is still difficult mm-hmm. and, and I'll never forget those moments. Um, but what we had had was a single car, single car rollover. Like the whole family was in the car. We were taking a family vacation and, um, you know, there was reports of crosswinds, there was reports of a pickup truck that was driving erratically on the interstate, but the hardest part of the story is, what I believe happened is that I dozed off at the wheel, you know, just, just for a second, just dozed mm-hmm. off, and um, I swerved to the right, overcorrected to the left, and lost control of the car. I had the cruise control set at 75 miles an hour, which is really fast when you lose control. And the car, as I lost control, began to roll not off the road but down the road, propelled at the Mm -hmm. 75 miles an hour. And, um, yeah, it was a horrific automobile accident. Now, as I said, we've been on a family vacation. So I'm in the car, my wife's in the car next to me, and our two sons are in the back seat, both in their car seats. Everybody's buckled up, but at those speeds and at that velocity, they say the car rolled no less than six or eight times so it was a really mm. awful crash as the car began to roll i i kind of blacked out i i blacked out through the actual crash but when the car came to a stop i was completely conscious mm. and uh, the first thing i recall hearing was my seven-year-old son my oldest son spencer crying in the back seat hysterically crying. And uh, as a father, I thought, oh, I've got to get to my boy. I've got to get to my son. I wasn't even aware of my injuries. But in that moment of adrenaline thinking, I've got to get to him, that's when I realized I could not move. Mm. I mean, I was pinned. I was pinned and I I couldn't even tell if it was to the seat or the floorboard. And then I began to realize, wow, I'm hurt. I, I was struggling to breathe. There was intense pain. And I was fighting actually to gain my consciousness or to maintain it, my consciousness. I'm like, wow, I, I've i got to get to him now. Um, You know, there's my son crying. Now, I wasn't aware of the injuries necessarily, but what had actually happened is that both of my legs had been crushed. Mm. And the, the left leg was eventually amputated above the knee. I mean, my back had been damaged. My... Rib cage had been damaged, my lungs were collapsing, my right arm had almost been torn off, and then the seatbelt had cut through my midsection and ruptured all my insides. Mm. But um, I wasn't aware of that, I just knew my son was crying and I had to get to him. But that's when the reality hit that no one else was crying. Mm. And that was the darkest moment of my life. um, Because it was in that moment that I knew I thought huh. I I didn't think it was like it. It was at that moment I knew Tamara's gone. I I realized she was gone, mm-hmm. and not to be graphic, but because she had laid her seat back, she was she was sleeping.
3: Mm-hmm. She had
2: laid her seat back, and so the seatbelt didn't properly restrain her,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and she had um, suffered head trauma, which took her life. Um, and I became aware of that, but then I also realized only Spencer's crying, and that's when I became aware that Griffin, my toddler, um, was gone too. And this was incredibly hard because what had happened is he his car seat had broken up and he had been ejected from the car. Mm-hmm. And um, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, where is he?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it was just—it was just an absolute knowing. He's gone too. So the darkest hell a man could ever be in. Here I am pinned. I'm losing consciousness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I've got a hysterical seven-year-old in the back seat. I know that both Tamra and Griffin are gone. And then the guilt hit. I was driving the car. I mean, I kept thinking, "Can't I just take back three seconds? This can't be real." So
0: this em- is- immediately.
2: Yeah, that guilt was oh, immediately. It's like I, I, you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. I gotta turn Mm -hmm. back this clock, and so there was was this intense guilt. But that's kind of at the scene of the accident. What was going on? Mm -hmm. And and I share that not to be you know graphic or morbid about it at all, but to to outline it. It was in that dark moment, the panic, the terror of what had taken place. Mm -hmm that suddenly things became very calm and i don't know how to even describe that but in this chaos suddenly there was this calmness and it felt like like light came it felt like light came and surrounded me and the light was so tangible it it felt like it was this comforting blanket that was comforting me in the worst moment of my life Mm. And then I seemed to rise above the scene of the accident. It's like I was elevating. It's like I was lifting out of all that chaos and all that darkness. And I, I was actually confused thinking, well, what's, what's happening? You know, what what's happening here? And I could breathe. The pain was gone. I'm like, am I okay? That was my question. Am I okay? And I realized I am okay. But it was about that time in this in this bubble of light, if you will, That suddenly, Tamara, my wife, who I knew was deceased at the scene, Mm -hmm. suddenly she was there in this bubble of light with me Mm -hmm. and she was okay. Mm
3: -hmm. And when I
2: say that, I mean, that's the only reason I shared what I did Mm -hmm. earlier, knowing what took place in the accident Mm
3: -hmm. and knowing
2: what happened. But there she was Mm -hmm. and she was gorgeous and beautiful. And there was no head trauma. There she was just as radiant as she had ever been, except she was emphatic. Uh, That I I got it. I had to go back. Mm -hmm. I mean she was saying you've got to go back. You've got to go back You can't come You've got to go back And I learned a lot about choice in that moment Because there I was looking at the woman I loved more than life and she was okay And I was so grateful to be with her But Mm -hmm. I also knew I had a little seven-year-old in the backseat that cry uh, back of the car crying Mm -hmm. hysterically and, and I made a choice and I, I chose to come back.
0: So, did you ever in that, did you ever think, oh, good, that was just a dream? Or you were always consciously aware of, you knew what, what was going on? Do you know what I mean? Um,
2: at first, I was a little bit confused like, what's happening? Right, what, right. What's real here? Okay. And the strange thing is in the light and having this conversation with Tamara was mm-hmm. so real. Mm-hmm. It was far more real than this weird, foggy dream. Wow that is life. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean the crash seemed like the crazy dream and Mm -hmm. this seemed real, this interaction. But I also was very aware that yeah, I really did have a seven year old son in the backseat of that car. Wow. And I was going to have to make a choice to step out of this piece, right back into that chaos. So
0: there was no coming out of the dream like, Oh, what's happening? I mean, you knew. Yeah. What was you knew that that was still the reality.
2: I knew that that was the reality. Wow in that realm right and that this was the reality in this realm and it was a little bit confusing yeah but yeah i knew that that was very real and that i had to go back
0: wow that is a fascinating because i think you would go wait what was what's really real and you did not it, it was just you know the, yeah. that that's fascinating that's fascinating mm-hmm. one of the things that i love most about your story is and it's probably the part you love, you hate, <laughs> is because when you, you know, you you talk many times about the responsibility you felt for the accident.
3: Right.
0: But in the time when I was um, introduced to your story and your book, I thought it was this interesting because I was looking for signs from heaven to make my <laughs> life better. And you were given that, but it did not make your life better. It did not take away the human no. experiences.
2: No, no, no. I mean, people could misunderstand.
3: Yeah.
2: And, and, and you know, that was the interesting part of that. I mean, here I am having this conversation, mm-hmm. which I hesitated to show that for years because how many people lose loved ones and they never get to say mm-hmm. goodbye? Right. You know, they don't get to say goodbye or or have that mm-hmm. interaction. And I did. And then leaving that interaction, I found myself wandering around a hospital. When I say wandering around, Moving at will Mm -hmm. in in a level one trauma center Mm -hmm. with the doctors, the nurses, the patients, you know, Mm -hmm. and and really kind of marveling about, wow. So I was there. Now I'm here. And yet the interesting thing is, as I moved around that, I, I could see the patients, the doctors, the nurses, the families of the patients. But everyone I saw, I saw them. Absolutely perfectly and Mm -hmm. and when I say that I I knew everything about them Mm -hmm. even though they were strangers I knew their love their hate their joy their motivations And I was experiencing their lives as if they were me Mm -hmm. I mean I I knew them as well as I knew them myself and I would I I, I recall brushing against a a nurse, you know And when I say brushing against it didn't feel physical, but there Mm -hmm. I was moving and I felt everything about her in Mm -hmm. fact I felt her emotions. Mm -hmm. I felt her abuse as a child.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I felt what that was like for her. I also felt the compassion that was within her because of that and why she was in this Mm -hmm. setting while she was a healer working in a hospital. And Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, I mean, in a a moment, just a, Mm -hmm. a, a pass by, but I knew everything. And that was true of everyone I saw to this degree that it's like wow what magnificent souls mm-hmm. what beautiful people and 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 here i was i you know i would just been in this horrific accident but i was seeing things in this light of of peace and love and it, it changed everything in fact i i grew up in a christian home and we read the bible and as i was experiencing all these strangers if you will
3: mm-hmm.
2: and yet knowing them with such love the verse came up that, you know, in as much as you've done it unto me, you've mm-hmm. done it, or in as much as you've done it unto the least of these, you've mm-hmm. done it unto me. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that was a nice verse about being nice, but I was experiencing, wow, at a different level, they are me. I am mm-hmm. them. And perhaps the master that said that was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. I am the beggar in the street who's mm-hmm. naked. I am the man in prison. I am all that, because that's what it felt like. I, I was experiencing an absolute oneness of connection to everyone around me.
1: So I have a question about that, Jeff, because you, you still possess that unconditional love. You, you make everyone that you meet feel like they're your best friends. So, <laughs> so are you still able to connect in that way and feel everything people are feeling? Or just because of that experience, you would never treat humanity the same?
2: well the latter because of that experience judgment went out the window i just no longer felt that i could judge anyone because in that setting everyone from the heroin addict you know mm-hmm. to the saintly older person it's like wow the what what beautiful magnificent mm-hmm. souls so yeah, that's true. Now do I wander around the streets and feel that now? Not always. No. I mean, I go to work, I get mad at the neighbor. I you know I mean we, 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 I, I live my life. But there are times when it seems like that 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 veil kind of divides mm-hmm. and I can look at someone and really see them and really feel them. And it's often unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know it's not like I can control that. but if I choose to, and this is the key. I mean, if I really choose to look, anyone and the eyes are the window to the soul Mm -hmm. but if I really choose to look at them often I will feel uh, an intense connection Mm -hmm. and a beautiful love not a romantic love but this Mm
3: -hmm.
2: connection and love for who they are and Mm -hmm. what they're doing I I mean homeless people you know people that you might think are despised or the ones that you wouldn't hang out with or even someone that you might see as an enemy, or or far different than I am, um, if I stop for a minute and really look at them and look with a heart open to see them,
3: yeah.
2: suddenly it's like, wow, we're no, we're not so different after mm-hmm. all, you know. I mean, and I think about that. Without some of these spiritual experiences, I could be strung out on some corner somewhere, wondering what happened to my life, you know. Right. So they are me, and I am sure. them, and there's mm-hmm. no. Right. There's not that much difference really if we open up our eyes and consider it.
0: How can we? What, what is your advice to someone that hasn't had that experience?
2: You mean to open up your yeah, eyes how and do you, see? Yeah, how
0: do you practice that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just do it. I mean, and, and forgive the vagueness, but it, it's really interesting. I yeah. mean, if, if you open up your heart. See, so often we interact with people intellectually or through judgment, or through sight. Oh, they're not like me, or they're different. They're a different color, race, they're a different religion, they're a different gender, they're a different sexual preference, or whatever that might be. And all of a sudden, the ego begins to put these judgments up.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: To me, it's quieting all that down Mm -hmm. and embracing, okay, but what do we share in common?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Now, you know, for me, it's like we share in common that we're all divine. We're all manifestations of the mm-hmm. Creator in all of our different forms. There is not, you know, one that's better than another.
3: Mm-hmm. We're
2: uniquely different, and that's the beautiful part of it. And so if I put all judgments aside and just embrace them as who they are, mm-hmm. which is divine mm-hmm. and is perfect, even though it's far different than me, mm-hmm. that's when the connection begins to come. We, we, we laugh at our house and say, God has no stepchildren.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's true for me. You know, it's not like, you know, there's a preference or one way is better than another way. It's like we're all on our perfect path. And if we can view people in that way and hold them in their magnificence, say, wow, what must it be like for him Mm
3: -hmm. to
2: be an addict and be homeless and be begging for food? Mm -hmm. Or be an addict and be homeless and begging just to sustain the next hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's be, you know, whatever it is. Mm but stepping into those shoes and saying, what would that be like for mm-hmm. him? And what must have happened in his life to create that mm-hmm. situation? And suddenly this love begins to well mm-hmm. up. Wow. Maybe maybe he just needs a hug. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had an experience like that. and, and I, I may have told you about it, but I was coming out of work. and And actually I'd taken the bus to work. Tanya was out in the car. I've remarried since the accident. And it was our date night so she's Mm -hmm. waiting for me to run down and we're gonna go to dinner and I come out and there's this homeless guy out on the street and of course he confronts me and he starts telling me this and I'm kinda like well I you know I gotta go I, you know and something just whispered to me stop and look at him Mm -hmm. just stop and look at him and I I did I looked Mm -hmm. into his eyes and that's you know that feeling that sense of wow what must life be like for him Mm -hmm. where he's in the situation he is and I didn't say anything, but I began to listen and look at him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And suddenly, before my eyes, it's like he became my brother. He became my father. Mm-hmm. He became me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that veil went away again. And I, I began to tear up. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought, wow. And and without even realizing it, I just, I just threw my arms around him and hugged him. Mm-hmm. And he just hugged me. And, and I'm sure my wife was thinking, what are you doing hugging the homeless guy? But I just held him, and, and, and it's almost like I heard myself say it, but I said to him, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then he said back to me, I know that you know. Wow. And suddenly we pulled back and the tears were streaming down mm-hmm. both of our faces. Mm-hmm. And I'd have given him everything in my wallet, mm-hmm. and suddenly he didn't want anything else. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be recognized. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be seen. He wanted to have a connection. And I think the hug was better than the 10 bucks I might've spotted mm-hmm. him for a meal. But, but that thing goes away when we open up our hearts to mm-hmm. see each other mm-hmm. and to realize we're not that different and to realize that their path, even if it isn't my path, is the perfect path for them. So why not support them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and at least love them?
0: There's only so many emotions and there's only so many sensations in the body and we can find common ground with that
2: yeah you know yeah and that's the crazy thing I mean our I I don't know if he had a crash and lost half his family or lost a limb, and he didn't appear to have had those things Mm -hmm. but who knows what happened in his life our experiences are vastly different Mm -hmm. but our emotions are absolutely universal Mm -hmm. I don't care what religion you are what color you are what yep we all know what love feels like
0: yeah what language you speak
2: We all know nothing. Mm -hmm. We all know what fear feels like. We all know what anxiety feels like. We all know what suffering feels like. Yeah, and peace. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Jeff, take us back into the story Um, when you were walking down that hall in the hospital after you connected with everyone else. There was a point where you saw yourself, Mm. right?
2: I did, and that was uh, that was frightening. Because I I was feeling all this energy and connection and love from everyone I even looked at. And then I finally came to this body or this man laying that I didn't feel anything from. And I thought, well, that's odd. And so I stepped forward to look. And that's when I recognized, oh, that's me. That's Mm -hmm. my body. Now, it wasn't me. I mean, here became a real epiphany because I'm me. I'm having this incredibly connected experience, but there's my body. There's the skin suit that I've been wearing through life, and it was an absolute wreck. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I I was aware of the injuries, and and I thought, wow, I've taken my body for granted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was 33 years old when the accident happened, and so I was still a young, Mm -hmm. you know, healthy, athletic guy. And I'm like, wow, I've wrecked it now. I mean, look at that, you know. And yet the the strange thing is being out of the body, there was all this knowledge. It's almost like I was having this narrative from God, you know, Mm -hmm. as I was walking around, seeing these people and having that verse and realizing, wow, we are all one. We are connected. I was feeling God's love for every soul. And then I come to this body and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's me. But I'm me here. Mm -hmm. And this narrative began. And, And I was told that... Is your temple your body is your temple and with my Christian background I remembered verses about in three days I will raise up this temple and I thought the body is the temple Wow I never thought of it literally like that Mm. and I realized that what a gift you know to be in the body and and things begin to swirl about the kingdom of God is within you I'm thinking well I've got to get back in there Mm. in that body if the body's the temple then there's this holy of holies within myself where maybe I can experience all these things that I'm experiencing being out of the body, but I do have to get back in because I've got a seven-year-old son to raise and I've got to get on with it. But wow, that's going to be mm. interesting. Now, the crazy thing about going back into the body is it was as natural as coming out of it. You know, I mean, when I, when I left the body, it was as natural as walking from one room to the next. And I won't dwell on that, but you know, people say, oh, they must have had a violent death or what a horrible way to go. And and I guess you could assume that the way I went was horrible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But True. leaving the body was so peaceful, so beautiful, so mm-hmm. natural. And going back into the body was nothing more than a choice again. I mean, I always harp on, we have free will and choice. And as soon as I had the intention of going in,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I didn't have to figure out how just boom, I was back in the body. But then back to all the pain, the grief, the trauma, the, the the guilt, the regret. I mean, just it was so heavy and so difficult and so hard. And I felt so dense. It felt as if I was just embodied with lead. It was so heavy. And I, I was intubated. I had a, you know, a... a big tube down my throat that was doing the breathing for my lungs. My, my legs were both immobile, obviously. My right arm was immobile. And they eventually tied down my left arm because I kept grabbing at all the medical equipment. But I had a whole new comprehension of what it meant to be still and to be in the body or in the temple or in that place. And very often, I would have to reflect and go within. Mm-hmm literally kind of hiding from what was going on without. Mm-hmm. But there were also times where I would go outside. Mm-hmm. My, my soul just needed a break mm-hmm. and so I and I did spend several months in the hospital. I had 18 surgeries in total putting me back together but in those early months through the ICU and other things um, it's like I had one foot in this realm and one foot in the next. Mm-hmm. And I had some pretty incredible things happen.
0: When you said you would go out of your body so would you just kind of go unconscious for a bit and not remember that or do you remember saying i gotta take a break
2: well it's it's funny (laughs) i'll tell you what i i was so damaged and and i had been given a self-control morphine Mm -hmm. feed Mm -hmm. so i could hit the morphine feed Mm. your best friend give myself a a shot of morphine the interesting thing is the physical pain was nothing compared to the emotional pain. Mm-hmm. And in my consciousness I would hit that feed
3: mm-hmm.
2: until it basically just knocked me out and then I would experience myself standing over in the corner watching it all thinking, "Oh, wow, feels good to be out of there." Wow. But but knowing I was tethered, knowing I'm going to get yeah. through this. I am going to get well and and my young son Spencer who was 7 years old at the time he's now 28 and all grown up <laughs> but at the time that was my motivation i have got to get through this for my boy i have got mm-hmm. to survive this for my surviving son wow, wow and um you know so even though i felt as if i was taking a break it was always alright right, let's get on with it because we've got a, we've got we got a job to do here wow
1: and some of your um, descriptions, Jeff, of your experiences in those other realms are just some of the most beautiful I've ever read describing heaven, describing. <laughs> I don't even know if you call it that, but um, tell yeah. us about those
2: experiences. Well, and yeah, heaven's an interesting word, but, but there were times that I would leave the body in mm-hmm. and, and the most profound time. And, and I do want to point this out because my most profound experiences were at the scene of the accident before there were any narcotics, or before I was hitting a morphine button.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: actually, perhaps the most profound was at the end of my hospital stay. I was out of ICU, I was out of surgical recovery. I was actually in the rehabilitation wing of the hospital.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I fell into a deep sleep, and, and it was a conscious sleep because I, I had been laying on my back so long, mm-hmm. the back of my head had actually been rubbed bald. I'd wow. rubbed all the hair off the back of my head. <laughs> And my brothers were there teasing me about that. And I can't say enough about my family and my brothers. I mean, I mean, they, they, they practically lost their jobs you know, to, to be there with me. Um, anyway, and they were teasing me about the bald head and I was, they had finally stabilized my abdominal injuries, which they'd had to leave open for months because of the infections and all that was going on. And so I was finally able to roll on my side Now, it seems like such a simple thing, but I was finally able to roll on my slide, Mm. on my side, and sleep. And I fell into this beautiful sleep. And I thought, oh, it feels so good. I haven't Mm. slept for months. This is beautiful to sleep.
3: Mm.
2: And then I felt that light again. Mm. And I thought, oh, I felt, this is like at the crash. Oh, that light, that love, that warm comfort. And I felt as if I was rising above the hospital bed again. Mm. But this time the light went away and i found myself in just the most beautiful place and you know robin said heaven i couldn't even find a word i Mm -hmm. mean the only word that comes close to what i experienced was i i was home i mean Mm -hmm. i was home it was so welcoming it was so beautiful Mm -hmm. and i i actually began to run now having been a Mm -hmm. i mean i was a division one athlete once upon a time Mm -hmm. in college and I knew in this realm I wouldn't be running with the damage to my body, but I began to run. And it was such a physical experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could feel it. I could feel the soft ground under my feet and the energy firing up through my calves and thighs. Mm -hmm. And I was joyfully, joyfully just thinking, I'm home, I'm home and look at this, I can run. Mm -hmm. And um, it was about that time I realized I'm not here to stay. I, I got that message
3: mm-hmm.
2: and there was this corridor to my left and I knew intuitively I'm supposed to go down there or I'm choosing to go down there mm-hmm. I just knew I'm going down there mm-hmm. and I did and I began running down the corridor and at the end of the corridor was a crib and so I raced to the crib and I, um, I looked in and there was my little griffin there was my little boy sleeping as peacefully and as beautifully as he was when I had glanced at him just before the crash in the car. He was sleeping in his car seat. Now, I can't even describe what that was like wondering what happened. You know, he was thrown from the car. I had had no interaction with him through all these Mm
3: -hmm.
2: long months in the hospital, but there he was and I swept him up in my arms and that was physical. I could feel him. I, in fact, I noticed the heat from his body when wow. you pick up a sleeping child uh-huh.
3: They're a little warm.
2: And I held him against me and he was solid against my chest. and I thought then I, I could feel him breathing. Mm-hmm. I could feel his, his ribs expanding. I could feel his hot breath on my neck. and um, I reached over and smelled his hair. I could smell. And I thought, it's him. Mm-hmm. It's really him. And, he, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's okay. It was almost like when I saw Cameron. thought, they're okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was weeping and holding him and just marveling that, do I really get to say goodbye to him too? And um, as I was holding him and having this moment, I began to feel this intense presence behind me, this cosmic, powerful you know, overwhelming mm-hmm. presence. And I, I actually became fearful. I thought, that's, that's God.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And what began to go through my mind is, my little boy's dead, because I crashed the car. He's here, and yet he's not dead. He's alive mm-hmm. and well in my arms, but he's in this realm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I lost control and, ca- and crashed the car, and that guilt began to come up again. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, I hope I'm forgiven. And as this presence came closer and closer, and my fear came up more and more, like, oh, no. As I held my little boy, I felt those divine arms wrap around and hold me. And that even felt physical. I was like, wow. And then just all the information flooded in. The message was, there's nothing to forgive. Everything's in perfect order. And I just had this download. It's like just all this knowledge and love and peace and truth and light just begin to flow through me. And I, I saw my life, and I begin to judge my life. Well, that that was a mistake. Oh no, that I didn't. I didn't mean. To. And this beautiful, love, this divine being, was like that's your judgment of it, mm-hmm. not mine. Mm-hmm. There are no mistakes. Your life is perfect. Mm-hmm and and it was really interesting holding my little boy and feeling his perfection and knowing how i felt about mm-hmm. him he was perfect to mm-hmm. me he was just learning how to walk and mm-hmm. you know i mean he's fallen down and slobbering and you know how they are yeah but to me he was perfect and there was this insight that wow that's how god sees me
3: mm-hmm.
2: is perfect just like i see my little boy and mm-hmm. and he's just celebrating the fact that i'm learning to walk mm-hmm. and so as i'm watching my life saying well yeah yeah it was almost this laughter and it wasn't laughter right. like he, he, ha, ha. It was like joyful. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful that you made that choice wow. and look what you learned from that and look what happened mm-hmm. and look at how your life has unfolded. And there was a big shift because I grew up believing that God did it all, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that God tested me, that life was a test and that even the crash, you know, was that was a test. And boy, how are I going to react in this? Would I maintain my faith or my belief or whatever? And it all completely shifted in all that love. And I was thinking, wow, life isn't a test. As I'm seeing it through these divine higher perspective eyes, life was an absolute gift. Mm-hmm. Everything, all of it was a gift. And as I was working through this and realizing even that I had created it, See, I I always wanted to give God the blame or God the credit. (laughs) And here it was completely turned where I had created it and I had complete choice. Mm -hmm. And I was given a choice. I mean, in all that beautiful love and light, I was told you can be mad at God and Mm -hmm. think that God ripped away your family. Or you can beat yourself up for the rest of your life because you were driving the car. Mm
3: -hmm. Or
2: in this beautiful, peaceful moment, you have the opportunity to choose. You can choose to give your son
3: mm-hmm. back
2: and give him away, and therefore nobody's taking him. You're mm-hmm. exercising your will. And in all that love and in all that peace, I was able to kiss my little boy,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I gave him back. And then I woke up in the hospital bed, back to the amputation, and mm-hmm. this leg was in a brace, and this arm was all bound up, and, and I had a little different insight. It's like, wow, everything's a choice. I'm in control. It's Mm -hmm. like my will is God's will in many ways because I I was experiencing that God's will was free will, Mm -hmm. that I had a choice in everything, and that, yeah, things had happened, but in some weird cosmic plan, I had planned that so my soul could expand in the ways I chose for it to Mm -hmm. expand, and the entire universe loved me so much that they said, yes, Mm -hmm. we will allow that. Because we love you.
0: So in that moment, could you feel the joy? I mean, were you in a joyful state or did that take longer?
2: Well, on the other side, yeah, it felt joyful, very introspective, very enlightened. When I came back into the hospital bed, quite honestly, it's like, oh man, I got to do this. Yeah. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I can't even walk. And, and it became right, hard again. Yeah. I became very, very human very yeah. quickly. I
0: love it though. Isn't that beautiful? I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, I
0: love that your choice. <laughs> I mean, your choice was just, that was the, epi- the epitome of what you just learned, yeah. you know, that you were, you got to go in and what you chose to experience or what you did experience was just okay. It didn't, it didn't change. It, there was no need to change who you were to the right. core.
2: Right. And I, you know, I grieved miserably mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remarried and was still grieving. We adopted children. I was still grieving. Mm-hmm. Even with all the experiences, it's not like I had a, Horrible accident and had some amazing things happen, and then I was okay. Yeah. I had a horrible accident. I had some beautiful things happen, but then I had to process it for so years.
0: What was the grief? What was the grief?
2: Well, I mean, the grief was in losing my loved ones. Mm-hmm. The grief was in my wife and child were no longer here in this realm. Though I had encountered them in that realm, mm-hmm. and and they quite honestly come to me now in Mm -hmm. dreams or visions or even feelings. I just Mm -hmm. feel like they're near sometimes. So
0: even that goodbye didn't take away the the grief, no. No. So maybe those that didn't get that chance, maybe that's some comfort to them that... Yeah, it didn't take it away. It didn't take it away.
2: Didn't take it away, and and the grief was difficult. Mm -hmm. It was hard, and yet, you know, at this point, and, and, you know, it's 20 years after the fact, I can talk about it now without falling apart. I couldn't even speak of it for almost 10 years. I'd just fall. You right. know, I couldn't even go there.
1: Well, and to hear your story, Jeff, and to feel the range of what you experience, this, that incredible, mm-hmm. unconditional love that all of us hope to feel like right. at some point in our life, but then the deepest pain and suffering and guilt, I just cannot imagine how all of that stretched your soul.
3: Yeah, true.
2: And well, you are uh, yeah. who you are because
1: of all of <laughs> you <laughs> survived it, <laughs> it was stretching.
2: I mean, I, I mean, now on the you know, latter end of it, 20 yeah. years after the fact, I can say our sorrow and our grief seems to dig reservoirs hmm. that can hold even more joy. I mean, we, wow. it, it does expand both ways,
3: hmm.
2: and um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, how would we know? You know, hmm. I, I, I sometimes it's like an analogy of going to the movies you know Mm -hmm. it's like i'm going to go to the premiere i want the soda pop i want the popcorn i want the big easy chair seat (laughs) yeah and i'm going to stay for the trailers up front and i'm going to stay for the credits out back but i'm going to have the sticky floor and the gum under the chair too because i wanted my money's worth it's Mm -hmm. like we all wanted to get all we could out of this Mm -hmm experience here, mm. and, and even for me now, the purpose of life is to experience, mm. because it's the only teacher. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how would we know?
3: So true.
1: And I've heard you say that if you had to give advice to someone, or if you looked back at your life and wanted to do it different, that you would fail harder, <laughs> fail bigger, you would take more <laughs> risks.
2: Yeah, I have said that. I mean, I yeah. think we're so careful, yeah. and we're so cautious, yeah. and yet we're created to be joyful. To experience life, you know, to literally drink it in and taste it and breathe in every breath as if it's pure love.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that's a beautiful way to live and that's what shifted for me is a little bit to live life more, you know, to be more open and above all to be more kind to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guilt and the regret of me driving the car, the biggest lesson has been forgiveness and who's the hardest person to forgive
3: mm-hmm.
2: is me, for me. Mm-hmm. And so what a beautiful gift, what a beautiful process to be able to experience all that, knowing that nobody really ever dies. They mm-hmm. simply go on, and I have the support of my loved ones. I've been able to create a life
3: mm-hmm. in this
2: realm that's beautiful, and, and, and you know things seem to roll on.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing so one of my favorite people is tanya
2: she's awesome
0: (laughs) she is i told her you are a heroic person i I mean a truly special soul to move into that space and be able to um love in a way that held that space for you for 10 years to grow and to grieve
2: even today she continues to hold that space you you
0: feel that with her
2: oh yeah i mean and it's it's really Again, this is another very deep personal story, but my wife who had passed, Tamra, when I began to have feelings for Tanya, there was guilt with that. I can't
3: imagine. It's like, yeah. how, how,
2: I was driving the car. How can I be, you know? Mm-hmm. And yet, it was one particular day that I was bawling up on Tamra's grave, mm-hmm. saying, and I was mad. I'm like, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to walk. I'm trying to raise our son, and I'm so lonely,
3: mm-hmm. and I'm
2: so miserable, and you're in that beautiful place. How dare you? How could mm-hmm. you do this? And as I was pouring my soul out, I swear she came to me. I, I felt her hands on my shoulders mm-hmm. behind me as I was hunched over what was her headstone. And the communication was so clear.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: She said, stop berating me. I loved you enough to leave. I would have loved nothing more but to stay and grow old with you. But that wasn't the plan. We had an agreement. We had a contract. And you're learning things and doing things you would have never done had I been mm-hmm. here. And of course, you know, I was still in my argumentative mood. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm having feelings for another woman. Yeah. And, and she laughed. Yeah. She said, of course you yeah. are. End. I don't want you to be alone. Yeah. I sent her. Yeah. She said, I, I've been orchestrating this. And there was a lot of things that took place that even brought Tanya and I together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, she it was that famous choose joy. Mm. Choose, it's your choice. Don't you remember? And yeah. I'm fine. I'm happy. In fact, she said, I can't move on and be joyful until you are. Mm. You have held me captive in your sorrow and your grief. So please, you know, make a choice. And and she told me, you can choose anyone you want, but I want you to be with someone. Mm -hmm. But she said, Tanya is who I chose. Mm -hmm. And I sent her because she will teach you unconditional love. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And Jeff, my dear boy, with all you've been through, you're still working on that. Mm -hmm. You still are working on conditional love and it was a beautiful exchange and and of course it propelled me into pursuing you know this relationship with Mm Konya and we we got married and yeah she she came in and picked up all the pieces Mm -hmm. I mean she not only became my wife she became Spencer's mom Mm -hmm we adopted two boys, which was her doing. I mean, I was kind of like, no, maybe not. I was worried that I might, what if I love my natural son differently? Right, all those thoughts. And here again, Tanya's been this pillar Mm -hmm. of unconditional love. Even when I was falling on my face Mm -hmm. and and still grieving and doing stupid things to fill my pain and and fill the the, the void that I felt, Mm -hmm. she simply held the context for me to heal and -hmm. for me to feel and experience unconditional love. and so. Now you know, mm-hmm. as I'm gray, and she maintains her natural color, but I'm sure she'll go gray <laughs> at some point. But um, I just think, what, what a joy, what yeah. a gift, and I'm, I'm the luckiest man alive to she have been loved right. like that twice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and she, uh, yeah, it is, it has proven out that um, that there was wisdom in all of it. Yeah,
0: you made the right. You made a good
2: choice. I made a good. I made a good choice. On that, on that, yeah. I, we I've were, made some bad choices, but that one—that was a good choice. Wives
0: are always right, and you had two of them <laughs> tugging on your tails. That yeah. was a good choice. Yeah, she's
2: I, a good, good lady. I, it's funny because Tanya has had feelings about Tamara. Like she's felt her presence, mm-hmm. and even though they never knew each other in life, um, Tanya's had dreams or impressions, and particularly with Spencer and. Wow. Where she felt like they had a connection. And I think they team up and pick on me sometimes. Yeah. 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 I can guarantee (laughs) that.
0: (laughs) That's what I would do. So here is your newest book. Yes. How has it, what was it like writing it down? Tell me the story about.
2: Oh, wow. I never had any intention to write a book. Mm -hmm. And and when the first book came, it was because a publisher approached me and Mm -hmm. said, you tell your story. I mean, I, I didn't talk about it much, but there was a few people that knew and One thing led to another where a publisher actually said, here, it's time to tell the story, and I was very reluctant. I I did not want to share this. I did not want to open up. I thought, Mm -hmm. people will think I'm crazy. There was also a barrier. It's like, well, you know, what if the book is successful? There was still a tinge of that guilt. I mean, am I that guy that would monetize Uh, on the catastrophe that took half my family and I was driving the car? Oh, wow. But I had a profound experience. I, I went and asked. I went back to the scene of the accident and I prayed. Mm-hmm. I asked, "Am am I ma- This you know, this publisher had a contract in my email. Am I supposed to write this book?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I got a profound answer. And and I don't always have profound answers, but on this case, I can quote what I was told.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was told in a very powerful way: share your experience, and when you do, people will heal. Sure. And, and you know, I thought, wow, I'm all about healing. This was 12 years after the crash that I wrote the first book. And, of course, the first was successful, and then the second followed up. But knowing this latest book is the combination and, and compilation of both I Knew Their Hearts and Beyond Mama mm-hmm. Grady, the first two books. I was somewhat rushed in that process. Knowing is the definitive story. Mm-hmm. I was able to tell it my way, to take the time to write it, to expand into deeper insights. I mean, if you if you've read the first book or the Mm -hmm. second book and liked it, you'll love this because I go into deeper insights. There's expanded chapters. It's all about Mm -hmm. Spencer's growing up and his getting married. And, Mm
3: -hmm. you know, I
2: mean, it really goes right up until very um, recent times with the whole process after the fact, Mm -hmm. because what I've learned is that, yeah, I had this little peek into what's beyond but quite honestly, heaven's right here. I mean, why wander around homesick? Why not bring all that peace and love and beauty and joy here? And I think that's the game. I think mm-hmm. that's what we're meant to do is love and be compassionate to that level that creates that energy here so there is nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of insights in the book about how that um, came about. But it's it's the journey, knowing is the journey of 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we released it on the twenty-year anniversary, and so many people had said, "This is coming a hard book, you know, a hardback cover. I want one for the library." Knowing does. The first two were only paperbacks, but Knowing comes in both hardcover, Mm -hmm. paperback. It's in all the electronic, um, you know, formats. Mm -hmm. But it is the definitive story, and um, and it feels so good to have it out there. Mm -hmm. And I get emails and cards and letters, and that's. You know that's the most meaningful part to me when people say wow this book changed my perspective or gosh i'm struggling with this or this happened and uh, people say i got something from your book that got me through that day mm-hmm. and when you're grieving sometimes that it's like let's just get through the next minute right and 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 go from there so i'm uh I, i'm actually very proud of knowing
0: so what are you
2: what are you knowing here's what i know <laughs> <laughs> And there's things I believe, Mm -hmm. there's things I hope for, Mm -hmm. but then there's things you know. Mm -hmm. And when you know what you know, Mm -hmm. nobody can ever take that away. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And what I know is that we are all divine beings. Mm -hmm. We are all here having our perfect experience on a Mm -hmm. perfect path. So let's let go of judgment, let's let go of comparisons, let's all pull together and do something that creates peace and love Mm -hmm. and joy in this world. And also what I know is we're divine enough to do it. You mm-hmm. know, we often sit back and think, well, God will take care of it, or somebody's right. going to come and sort that all out. The entire universe supports us.
0: We have the to DNA. We've,
2: we got have, to we've
0: got the DNA to do it. I, I love that.
1: So, Jeff, with your whole experience and, and your life's experience, what does wholeness mean to you?
2: <laughs> you know, to be whole is literally to be holy Mm
3: -hmm. to be
2: whole is to be holy Mm
3: -hmm. and to
2: be holy is to claim and embrace your own divinity and to actually claim and embrace that Mm self-love you know one of the great masters said love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. and we always you know take cookies to the neighbor right but the important part of that is love your neighbor as yourself Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i mean if i don't have self-love
3: Mm-hmm.
2: no wonder where it wore mm-hmm. how can i possibly give what i don't have mm-hmm. and i mean the bottom line is compassion you know somebody asked me what have you learned in all this stuff right. and it's almost like my mouth said it before my <laughs> brain had a chance to think about it it's almost like it came out of my soul yeah and um what came out of my mouth was i've learned compassion
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh that's a good gift yeah. that's a good gift
0: mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jeff. That is um, profound to hear those things from you and, and to have you, like I say, go through those difficulties and those human experiences and yet mm-hmm. choose to learn from them and choosing joy in spite of those things. That is something that is needed in this world and your example has influenced many, many, I
3: know, including uh, myself. Thank Appreciate
1: you, it, you. and I think your um, willingness to be vulnerable and sharing this story is amazing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm grateful for the choice you made to come back because mm-hmm. you could have chosen to
0: stay. It would have been beautiful a Never, oh, It would have <laughs> been beautiful too. That would have been you know,
2: That's, that's the thing. That's we always true. have a choice, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the choice is ours, and mm-hmm. it's supported by the entire universe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I. Uh, I'm glad I came back, mm-hmm. you know, to watch my son grow and have mm-hmm. these other sons. I don't yeah. even call them my adopted boys. Right. They just found their way home. Yeah. And the teachers, they've been to me. And when I say teachers, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not always easy. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. Know, There's always challenges, and yet that's what we're here for, mm-hmm. is for the challenge and to learn and grow and develop and literally to remember.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know that we're learning anything. We're probably remembering what we truly are, and that is divine. We came from love, and we're getting back to it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we're going.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Maybe that's
2: the testing. We're testing out what we remember. <laughs> testing it out. That's right. What do we? What do you recall? What do you recall about yeah, like, that? And there's remember. those inklings. You'll have those yeah, whispers. Yeah, I call right. them the whispers.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like, wow, I, I feel that, or I yeah. sense that, or I know that. Yeah. yeah. And trust those. Yeah. Trust those whispers, because that's, Try that's it. the guide. Try it yep. out.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank, so thank you. Thank you for listening. Join the community of knowledge and growth at thewholenessnetwork.com.